Trash Heap has spoken. Thank you, Madam Trash Heap. Of course. Burn, baby, burn. Garbage inferno. Burn, baby, burn. I'm Kevin Leeson. One person's trash is another's podcast topic. I'm Torin Atkinson. We've got a whole bunch of incinerational stories. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda! The word origin for garbage is unknown. It's got to have something to do with garbage bags. They named oh, garbage from, after garbage bags. Right. They had garbage bags and said, oh, what do we put in this? We should oh, name this, this, this stuff after what we put in. Random stuff right. that we just filling in these garbage bags. That's what, what I call think. garbage. Mm-hmm. Precisely. And that, of course, was named after Henry Garbage, the inventor of the garbage bag. That's, mm-hmm. Of course, as mm-hmm. everyone knows. Mm-hmm. It's totally nonsense. Don't believe that. Sorry. His, his friends call him Hank. Refuse comes from the Latin refusare. I mean, I'm not taking this stuff. You take it. To pour back or give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same as refund. Oh, did they have liquid money? Maybe. Here's your here's your refund. Uh, <laughs> Pour back. So molten gold right mm-hmm. in your hand. <laughs> and trash comes from the Swedish trassa, meaning rags and tatters. Okay. We got a word from the Swedes. What do you think Yay! about that? that Hi Swedish is, listeners. That word is Swede. It's totally Swede. There's no phobia of garbage, but there is um mysophobia, the fear of being contaminated with dirt or germs. Yeah, I can get that. I think one of my, uh, didn't my, no, I had bacteria phobia. It was one of my Call of Cthulhu characters went crazy and got that, which is close. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we had to go into the sewer. Okay, we told that story. Municipal solid waste, MSW. Okay. Commonly known as trash or garbage in the U.S. and as refuse or rubbish in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Is a waste type consisting of everyday items that are discarded by the public. Now, do they think they call it rubbish because they just think that genies live in everything, and so they're just like before they throw it out, they give it a good rub just to see if there's just a to genius. see if there's a genie inside. Put that in the rub- rubbing the rubbing tin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh man, the the advancements in waste technology we've got now that we've got automatic rubbing machines. Mm-hmm. So we're just letting genies out all the time. You know, but they're you giving had... the wishes to the machines. It's a real problem. If you had an automatic rubbing machine, how long do you think it would take before somebody stuck their penis in Negative it? Negative five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so before you even got it, it's not even plugged in yet, and already my dick's inside. Yeah, just pelvic thrusting, waiting for its arrival. Uh, by the way, mailbox yeah exactly like in the slot just waiting for them to put it through most definitions of municipal solid waste do not include industrial waste agricultural waste medical waste or radioactive waste or sewage sludge so they're all gonna have separate episodes yeah i don't know about that but we're gonna talk about mostly you know domestic garbage okay municipal solid waste the municipal solid waste industry has four components, recycling, composting, landfilling, and waste to energy via incineration. Okay. The primary steps are generation, you make the, you make the garbage, yep. collection, sorting, separation, sorting and separation, mm-hmm. same step, Yep. Mm. transfer, and disposal. Okay. So we'll focus mainly, like I said, municipal garbage and uh, landfills. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was tempted to include tire fires. Oh, Tire Fires is their whole own episode? I think maybe. Maybe, perhaps. Find somewhere to put it. Yeah. You may want to refer to, listeners, the Space Hazards episode for Garbage in Space. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And uh, also Ecocide. 
is related. Uh, one of our many episodes in the Caustic Soda is Side Guide. Let's do a little pop quiz, guys. All right. This quiz is how long until it's gone? Until it's okay. Gone. Garbage. Oh, I will the, name the thing he's going to. Name. I will name a piece of garbage. Okay, and you guys guess how long it takes to decompose, to break apart, to be gone, to be reclaimed. Kevin thought that was the first question by the world. Kevin, first question: How long until it's gone? That, that's what I, I did think. That yeah. was the first question. <laughs> Paper towel. Uh, are we got an over and under? Are we doing uh, Price is Right style or uh, just, just as close as you can? All right. Uh, a month. And we're talking about this is in a landfill or or just lying on the ground uh, or, just or, anywhere. or on my table. Because if it's on my tabletop, it's a long time. But if it goes outside and gets rained on and stuff. Let's say it's on a park bench. Mm -hmm. Okay, on a park bench Mm -hmm. uh, and weather and stuff comes into play. Uh, A week? Two to four weeks. So Mm -hmm. Kevin gets this one. All right. Yeah, because I said a month and that's four weeks. Banana peel. Uh, Two weeks. Well, let me ask you, how many times do people slip on it Mm -hmm. in the uh, ensuing uh, span of time? Ah, one slip. I'm going to go six months. Oh, Joe gets this one. Two to five weeks. Oh, so same time as a paper towel. Pretty much the same time, yeah, as a paper mm. towel. Waxed milk carton. Ooh, the wax makes it last a long time. The waxing of it, I think, because that, you know, keeps the water from getting in now, and down. is it the wax mm. on or is the wax off? Uh, wax wax on, on and then wax off. Wax off. Okay. I'm going to say uh, three months. Go back to six months. Three months is the correct answer. Oh, poo. Cigarette filter? Man, they always just kind of get, I think, washed down the gutter or something, don't they? Uh, yeah. A month? I'm going to go back to six months. One to five years. Whoa! Oh. Cigarette filters! Oh, we should stop filtering cigarettes. That's what that means. I think you're probably right. It yeah. would also help kill off smokers so there'd be less of them. Yep. That's what we should do. Plastic bag. What kind of plastic bag? There's very many grades of plastic bag. There's yeah, the, not, heavy. not the biodegradable plastic bags. What about the shitty uh, dry cleaner plastic bag? Oh. That's like super, that's like super thin. thin and breaks yeah. apart. Or but, are yeah. we talking about... We're just talking about grocery store you know, plastic I bags, I think right? that's what we're talking okay. about. We're not talking about old, old school like blockbuster video plastic bags when you can carry like... You know, you could carry like seven VHS tape boxes in, in it in their clamshell cases. Yeah, yeah, but, and it know. wouldn't even poke out at the at the at the hard edges. That, you yeah. could you could the mafia hitman could have strangled seven people with the single bag. Yeah. F- fill it fill it full of quarters and smack somebody in the head yeah, with it. And exactly, it'd be just totally fine. Uh-huh. Are we no. talking about that bag? No, we talking we're, about- we're talking about the grocery store bag. Uh, I'm gonna say three years, probably at least. I'm gonna say. Oh, there's no way it's less than a, God, if a it's cigarette to, filter. If it's 20 years, I'm not even surprised. There's actually. no way it's less than a cigarette filter. So I'm going to go uh, seven years. 10 to 20 years. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Aluminum can. Aluminium for our British like, listeners. Uh, the, the, the aluminium in the rubbish? Yep. Oh, that that is definitely rubbish. You are definitely rubbing all your cans. All your aluminium? Looking for... Polishing it up? Yeah. Looking for genies. Aluminum doesn't like really rust, does it? Like it doesn't oxidize. I don't know how it breaks down. I'm gonna say like 50 years. All right. Has it or has it not been turned into a bong by some stoner? No. All right. Okay. Then yeah, I'm gonna go 25 years. 80 to 200 years. Wow. Good thing we recycle those ones. Right. Yeah. What about disposable diapers? Oh man. See, I don't even know what they're made of anymore. It's been so long (laughs) since I've seen. They're like plastic. Uh, So long since you changed a baby. Now, maybe. I haven't changed a baby, like but a, like a I feel like baby poop is practically like alien-style blood acid, right? You know, that it would just, like, melt through these things. 
well, that's what they're made to to uh, contain, though, right? Yeah, they're basically uh, like if you made a thing to contain alien blood acid, it would probably hold it pretty well. They're hazmat suits for just a very specific area. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, inverse hazmat suits. They keep the the hazardous material inside. Yes. All right. Well, we seem to have been going in chronological order, so I'm going with a thousand years. Uh, I'm going to go with 40 years. It is 450 years. Wow. Uh-huh. So it's kind of in the middle there. Uh-huh. Well, I was 410 away, and you were 550 away, so I'm taking that one. Got it. For my one-tenth of a point, because that's how close I was. Plastic beverage bottles. Like what? What is this? What's a plastic Like what you've got, your like fresca right there. Your fresca there. Well, is that more than an aluminum can? Probably. Guess so. I'm thinking it is because, like, at least metal's gonna, you know, there's things that hit metal and it'll eventually break down and corrode. But this plastic stuff, like, we make it to last, and it's. Uh, I'm gonna go with back to uh, a thousand years, uh, eight hundred years, four hundred fifty years, same as disposable diapers. Oh, there we go. Oh well, because it's made of the same material, practically, probably. <laughs> I don't know. And glass bottle tops the list. Could you use a gla- uh, a plastic bottle on a baby and just like stick it up its butt and it would poop into it? And then you could just throw it out. You don't have to do the change thing. Yeah, like a, like a, a Coke Zero enema. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't put anything up there. Oh. It's a baby for fuck's sake, man. You're Coke so Zero sick, Kevin. poop funnel. Yeah. That'd be funny watching them crawl around. Isn't it always, though? <laughs> Bumping into things. Uh, it's kind of sad. Glass bottle? Well. Top of the list. Hold on a second. Are we talking about like a complete unbroken glass bottle? Or are we talking about one where in a, in the Wild Wild West somebody smashed it on a bar top and stabbed somebody with it? Well, in a movie, those are made out of sugar. That's what I'm talking so about. So those will totally decompose. You just mm. eat it. Not the sugar bottles, I guess. All right. Uh, silicone put into a, isn't it a crystal? It's probably pretty strong. Uh, uh, a thousand years. 10,000 years. One million years. Oh, wow. there you go. Yeah. That was only I was by a factor there. of a thousand. I was close there. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to imagine, like, if you got a glass bottle, it's going to get broken. Over the course of a million years, yeah, it's and become like sand, right? You see them on the you see little bits of glass bottles on the beach now as little bits of sand on the sand. Yeah, yeah. well, they kind of sort of become rocks. So, but it's still there. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless you have like you got it at IKEA and you have all those like uh, stones in it, you know, and put it decoratively on your shelf, then it'll stay there for a million years. Okay, yeah, because nobody. But then ever I don't uses think it's things. garbage. Well, I mean, it kind of is garbage, <laughs> yeah. but like it's not really garbage. Uh, in the science. Garbology is the study of modern refuse and trash. That's an actual study? Garbology. Mm-hmm. As an academic discipline, it was pioneered at the University of Arizona in 1973. Oh, wow. Originating from an idea of two students for a class project. So, hold on. So somebody... Yes, students doing a class project. You can make up words. <laughs> if nobody studied them... it before, yeah. So, is there somebody out there that unironically introduces themselves at cocktail parties as a garbologist? A garbologist? Probably. What? Oh, <laughs> I, I, see. Here's the thing. I mean, when you go to all the trouble of getting a PhD in something, you want you want you want you want to impress the ladies or the guys. Do you think that if you introduce yourself as a garbologist, they're just going to say, "Oh, you're a trash collector who's trying to fancy up there"? Yeah, exactly. Sanitation engineer. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they think you're about you know people who mumble, garbologist. Gar- 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a special. It's a specialty for uh, linguistic study mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine a garbologist with a speech impediment? <laughs> yeah, they'd never get it straight. No one would ever know what they do. The studies of garbology and archaeology often overlap because fossilized or otherwise time modified trash 
is quite often the only remnant of ancient populations that can be found. Right? Time modified trash. I mean, Time that's what we're talking trash. about. But yeah. the uh, the broken bottles becoming sand. See, we're all worried about how long our trash lasts. But if we don't have trash that lasts a long time, who's going to know about us? What will the future archaeologists how? have to do? Think of we're the future creating archaeologists. Jobs. We're creating jobs yeah. by creating making garbage. Future garbologists. Just throw this glass can into the fucking One of ditch. them, some future garbologist specializes in uh, disposable diapers. They only have 450 years to do it. Yeah. Here's my collection. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about landfills. Mm-hmm. Fills of land. Okay. Mm-hmm. At a typical landfill in North America, some of the trash might be burned, some is buried under the soil, and some is recycled. Do they all have to be owned by a guy named Phil? Phil's land? Mm-hmm. Phil's landfills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, landfills. Right. Landfills. Mm-hmm. landfills. 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 It just goes on. It's like a fractal. Yeah. yeah it's like looking in a mirror at a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Waste management companies are responsible for ensuring that decomposing trash does not harm people or the water system and keeping hazardous waste out of the landfill. I feel like some companies are better that than others. Oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That oh, is true. Yes. Uh-huh. But this is caustic soda, so we're just going to talk about the good ones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, good. Typically in the Western world, only a little more than half of all the garbage ends up in the landfills. Another 33% is recycled, and the rest is incinerated. That 33% recycling has got to have climbed precipitously in the last few years. Like in the last mm-hmm. five, like 10 years ago, it was probably like 5%. Probably something. Yeah, it's it's really, yeah. uh, you're getting municipal recycling programs all over the place. Yeah, people are thinking it's really important. Yeah. I'm in favor of that. The ash from the incineration is then buried in the landfills. Okay. Scrubbers and filters are used to make sure that the incinerators do not release pollution during the burning process. I would like to vote right now that we not send Bruce Campbell to be buried in a landfill when he goes mm. on to his, you know, Evil great dead reward. Joke. Yeah. Evil Dead joke uh-huh. reference. Well, they're coming to, with a new Evil Dead movie. Sure. Will it be garbage? Timely. Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen. <laughs> Probably. 25% of America's food supply winds up in a landfill. Yeah. 25% of all the food in America. Wasted. But and, but we're not talking in baby diapers. Like it's actually been processed. Are you eating baby diapers? <laughs> no, no. Your, but like, you know, if, uh, if we're talking about uh, poop... Right? Like, oh, our food supply, 25% of it is eaten by a baby and pooped into its diaper, and that's no, how it ends up they, in they mean They mean thrown away, right? Ironically, America would probably be a lot healthier if 50% of its food ended up in a landfill. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Because you should eat less. Today's landfills are significantly bigger than they were just two decades ago, and increasing numbers are reaching full capacity. Okay, well, that, uh, I mean, that's not surprising. No. That landfills over time get bigger. No. This is the least surprising thing I've heard so far today. <laughs> when a landfill is full, it gets capped. And usually planted with grass, the end result looking like a large grassy hill mm-hmm. with small chimneys to release gases. Mm. Landfills produce significant amounts of methane gas along with leachate. Who knows what leachate is? Leachate. How do you spell it? L-E-A-C-H-A-T-E. Oh, okay. No, I, uh, I mean, so it's not, it has nothing to do with blood sucking. That's the liquid that they put the plastic liner on, right? They, they, they put a plastic liner in a landfill to keep that from seeping into the water supply isn't that it because I, I remember the pen and teller bullshit on recycling mm. which has a lot of bullshit in it for the record i double checked mm. but uh they talked about the huge plastic thing and was it leachate that that keeps in uh, leachate in is it. a toxic liquid that comes out of all of that compressed yeah. trash okay it is full of organic and inorganic pollutants including mm. hydrogen sulfate ammonia dioxins polychlorinated biphenyls that's pcbs mm-hmm Chlorinated pesticides, heavy metals. Yeah, rock on. Woo! I vote for Quiet Riot in my landfill. <laughs> Come on, oh. feel the noise. They're already there. 
they're already there in cassette form. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did have them on cassette. That is true. That is a true statement. Landfills often have pipes designed to route and collect leachate to keep it from contaminating groundwater. However, even the best collection systems and landfill liners inevitably deteriorate and leak, according to the EPA. No liner can keep all liquids out of the ground for all time. Eventually, liners will either degrade, tear, or crack and will allow liquids to migrate out of the unit. Mm. Who knows how long that will take, though? Typically. The, uh, yeah, the big plastic liners that they were showing, they were showing them off in the Penn & Teller's bullshit uh, recycling episode, and it's, like, super thick. Like, this is not just, like, we'll lay some plastic bags down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's you're, like, sealing it from the rest of the ground. But, right. yeah, I mean, eventually. Nothing lasts forever, right? Unless they were to make Except it out love. of glass... Oh, yeah, then it hold it for a million years. Unbreakable glass. Un- until somebody jumps on it. And... Oh, why didn't we think of this? We shouldn't have made it out of the movie candy stuff. The physical appearance of leachate when it emerges from a typical landfill site is a strongly odored black, yellow, or orange-colored cloudy liquid. Black, mm-hmm. yellow, or orange. Yeah. Depending on what kind of leaching things you have in there. Absolutely. I bet you baby diapers is more yellow than black. Landfills are like snowflakes. Each one is just... Slightly different. A beautiful in its own way. (laughs) Here's some trashy facts, guys. All right. Edward Humes, author of Garbology, Our Dirty Love Affair with Trash, calls the bottled water industry the grandfather of wasteful industries. On an average day, Americans toss 60 million water containers. That's 694 a minute. Yeah. Carry around a refillable water bottle. Or just don't drink water. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, coffee's good. That's the way I'm going. <laughs> I'm going down that road. Because this coffee cup's way more biodegradable. We use 10% of the world's oil supply to make and ship disposable plastics, items that end up in the trash after just one use, like the plastic fork and knife from Wendy's. That's uh, oil? You use, you use oil for that? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I can't ever seem to keep anything on the end of that fork, just slip it off constantly. Rip. The average American uses 500 plastic shopping bags a year. These plastic bags is are the second most common type of trash on beaches. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like what that giant pile of floating garbage out in the middle of the Pacific that's like the size of Texas. That's, oh, we'll uh, talk about that. That's like made up mostly of those plastic bags. I think the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. an average baby, going back to the baby angle, oh, generates a, a ton of garbage every year. Well, I think I see where our problem is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. We got to put an end to babies. We got to cull. We got to have a baby cull. Yep. All right. They're just the. They are. They are the big polluters. Or they, you know, just recycle your babies. That's all. Or just sure. like raise them over top of landfills. Yeah. So just like it just drops straight in. Yeah. So it's not. It's not garbage at that just, point. Just put them on like <laughs> what? It's just, just automatic leachate. The cro- <laughs> it's instant leachate. Skip all the all that yeah, process. Yeah. Get rid of the middleman. <laughs> Then you don't have garbage trucks, you know, what? driving around all picking up all that leachate baby poop. coming out of my baby. Yeah, that's just natural. <laughs> Each year, Americans throw away 25 billion styrofoam cups, enough to circle the earth 430 times. Every year, every year. I can't. Those filthy Americans. Are styrofoam cups even allowed in Canada anymore? Because I can't remember the last time I saw. I have saw certainly one. seen styrofoam cups. I guess so. And they are that are drink, prompted to drink out of one. In the past couple of months, I guess I've seen them. I just don't know anybody who buys them anymore. Because right. you get those yeah. the red the red cups instead. Or they are certainly rarer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, M- much more rare than yeah. they used to be. Because I, I they were everywhere back when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. In the seventies, it was like that styrofoam. was the disposable styrofoam plates. Wear yeah. it like a hat. Yeah. Put them on your boobs. Yeah, <laughs> a million household uses. Oh, good fun too. It sounds like in the history. 
6500 BC, Ooh. archaeological studies show a clan of Native Americans in what is now Colorado produce an average of 5.3 pounds of waste a day. 5.3 for the whole clan. Mm-hmm. 5.3 pounds a day. That seems like a lot. For, for a like whole a, clan? Oh, like, no. For, for I was thinking per person. It's like a bear skeleton. Even less, less than a bear skeleton. Yeah, right. this is that's what they say. The, the Native Americans they use all the parts of the buffalo. Well, right? that's, that's the kind of thing that they say. How big was the clan? I mean, if this clan, I'm heavily air quoting that three people was like four people, then two, it's a lot. One person and two babies. Yeah, precisely. Well, wait, how do you get one person and two babies? It happens because the bear came. Oh, okay, that's right. All right, uh, there was a an adult call. No, no, the baby that died is the five point three pounds of waste. Oh, uh, yeah. Judgment call. The first known landfill was created in Knossos around 3000 BC when Cretans would dig large holes for refuse. It's Cretans. (laughs) I don't have time for Cretans. (laughs) After dumping the garbage, the holes were filled with dirt. Sure. Okay. So, you know, Mm -hmm. hey, uh, this really sucks that we're just throwing our stuff outside of our doors. Yeah, and where it stinks. Can we not sleep on this garbage, Uh guys? Bible time. Sheol, also known as Gehenna, was reportedly a dump outside of Jerusalem where garbage and dead bodies were burned. It oh, became right. synonymous with hell. Garbage and dead bodies. That, that's a landfill. Smells like hell, looks like hell. It quacks like hell and it walks like hell. If you don't say your prayers, you're going to go to hell when you die. Ooh. And then you just walk from down to the end yeah. of the block and go, look, right there. That's that right. burning pile <laughs> of sticky you're shit. Go. That, now, if you do not clean out your room. That's right. That's right. I'm going to send you there. Stay, stay there until you say your prayers. Uh-huh. 1400 A.D. Garbage became piled so high outside of Paris gates that it interfered with city defense. Hmm. Oh, so like invaders could like climb the pile of garbage and oh, just maybe. jump over the wall. I was I was going to say, <laughs> wouldn't that help? If you had like a ring of garbage around your gate, like, oh, so Can you, imagine? you don't need any guardians. No, but, but you had your gates, right? Listen, I know exactly what this is because I've had this happen no. to my house. <laughs> Here's what it is. Wait, wait, Kevin, you let me finish. Do not interrupt. I started. I was living in a house with uh, seven other guys uh, when I was a young bachelor, and uh, we had this one time, they were lazy and stopped taking our garbage to the dump. We had a guy with a truck, and he just uh-huh. they were like, just put it outside, and they started putting our garbage bags out back, and it piled up so high that it was a ramp up to where the uh, dryer vent was, uh-huh. and so mice and then a rat got into our house through that by climbing up the garbage. And that's exactly what this yeah, is. This There's is, just piles up so that your yeah. walls around your city are no yeah, longer they, they, keeping You don't up. need those scaling ladders or whatever to get up over the wall. Yeah. But what it, what I wonder is, like, you know, if it was everybody or if there was that one guard on the wall who just was always, like, drinking uh, his coffee during his <laughs> oh, shift. I see. Tossing it over the side. And he always, like, stood in the same spot. And right. so, like, you know, like, oh, Gaston, it's you. It is you, our fault. <laughs> That that cow that kicked over the uh, the lamp in Chicago that started the fire, maybe, Gaston. Maybe that was Henri Garbage. Oh, or, or even better, Gaston Garbage. Eighteen forty-two. The age of sanitation begins when a report links disease to filthy environmental conditions. Right. Toshers, mudlarks, and dustmen were nicknames given to those in England who gave a new meaning to dirty work. They would sell anything from dog feces, which mm-hmm. was used to purify leather, apparently, mm-hmm. and ash added to mortar for a buck. I, I'm Mudlark is a pretty cool name, actually. Oh, no, he's one of the Harlem Globetrotters, isn't he? <laughs> Mudlark Lemon? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> 1874, a new technology called the Destructor 
provided the first systematic incineration of refuse in Nottingham, England. Right. Mm -hmm. Britain built 250 of these plants to burn waste and generate electricity from steam, only to oppose all of them later due to ash and burnt paper floating all over the Uh, country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you watch like a a movie about like a Dickensian period, Mm -hmm. uh, there's always like half burnt pieces of paper like Mm kind of in the air, right? Well, and yeah. It's like an air flotsam. Yeah. The destructor. Everybody was covered in soot. At the start of the 20th century, the majority of domestic waste, 53% in the UK, consisted of coal ash from open fires. Oh, okay. In the US, most small towns and cities were using piggeries. Uh, Anyone? Piggeries? That's where we cooked bacon. They were small pig farms designed designed to consume the town's raw and cooked food waste. 75 pigs could consume about one ton of food waste each day. Wow. Well, I mean, this yeah. is awesome. I mean, yeah. this is the original recycling. That's that's slop, right? You yeah. turn garbage into bacon. Yes. Oh my god, this is awesome. <laughs> but also pig poo, which you have to, have to deal with the pig poo, which you then use you to just... plant your crops with, yeah. so that you can grow some potatoes no. to have with your bacon, oh, hash, browns hash browns and bacon. No, you just put baby diapers on them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Problem solved. Problem solved. Uh, on the pigs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You just lay like diapers over top of a giant mound of pig poo? Is that how diapers are supposed to work? That's no, 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 you strap them on, unload them, throw them in the the, uh, the glass uh, box in the ground, and uh, bada bing, bada boom. All right. Well, the baby diaper is kind of like a somebody else's problem field. Yeah. You see it and you go, I'm not dealing with that. And then it's no, nobody worries about it. Exactly. Good. Mm-hmm. I like it. In 1934, the Supreme Court banned the dumping of municipal waste into the ocean, which had become very common up to this time. Oh, 1934, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you could go like way out into the middle of the ocean and do it, it'd probably be okay because it would dilute. But everybody would just be like, this is far enough. Ten yeah. feet offshore. Oh, absolutely. Dump. Yeah. Imagine these garbage barges just outside of Manhattan where they just kind of right. like drive out. Like, yeah, just, they're just going up to a bluff or whatever. Yeah, on the, just around yeah, the corner, the right? Sea. Just like, whoop. And then <laughs> somebody's somebody's uh, sun tanning in the bottom. <laughs> and I was worried about a sunburn. After World War II, consumerism reaches an unbelievable high due to the ease of plastics, and yeah. America was named the throwaway society. Mm-hmm. The amount of packaging produced and disposed of increased by sixty-seven percent. Mm. Well, I do remember in the eighties having that big blowback against like fast food restaurants who were like the packaging the was getting bigger packaging, and bigger yeah. and bigger, right? Yeah. McDonald's had originally put everything in the wax wrappers and then they went to the styrofoam containers and then yep. you got the ultra styrofoam container mm-hmm. with the uh the old McDLT so you could keep McDLT. your hot side hot and your cold side cold. Oh. Remember that? Yeah. So the box was actually long and flat, so it was like four times larger than it needed to be. Thanks, stupid marketing. Yeah. And uh and then there was that, that big flashback. So the all the wax wrappers came back. And June 17th is National Garbage Man Day. Sexist. I would like to say, yeah, Garbage Person Day. Uh-huh. Sanitation Engineer Day. Although I think they recently changed their logo to include a man and a woman. Uh, National Garbage Man Day. Oh, really? Yeah. It still didn't change the name, though. No, but maybe they changed pronunciation to Garbage Man. Garbage Man. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some garbage around the world. Like garbage that's traveled around the world? Like, uh, you know, got out of high school and said, I'm going around the world for a year? Yeah. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be even trashier than I was before, which kind of happens to everybody who does that. (laughs) Yeah, let's face it. Uh In Greece, they have dozens of garbage strikes each year. Uh, That's that's when garbage falls from space, right? In 2005, 30,000 tons of trash that was left in the streets had to be sprayed with disinfectant when it began to rot. Okay. Leading to riots in which which protesters threw trash at police. Why was it left in the streets? Because of a garbage strike. Because of a strike. The oh. people who were supposed to pick it up said, nope. So they sprayed it with disinfectant and then started a riot. 
Yep. Didn't they also start a riot when people said you were not allowed to retire at, at 51 years old anymore? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that happened too. I think Greeks like to riot. Sure. Well, yeah. I and think if there's, there's garbage a, on hand, then so be it. There are a ton of problems in Greece, and mm-hmm. I don't think there's any one thing that we can point at to say is it. Greece is having a lot of problems these days. Yes, and yeah. they're rioting about it all the time. Maybe they should be. I don't know. <laughs> should form a riot union. I'm yeah. going to oh, riot because yeah. of all the riots. Yeah, <laughs> unionize the riots. In Naples, Italy, they had a year-long garbage strike in 2008. Year-long! A standoff between city officials and the mafia got so bad that the Italian military was brought in to clean up the mess. I watched a movie called Ratcatcher, which okay. uh, was from the 90s, and it was the entire movie took place during a garbage strike in Scotland, in Glasgow. Glasgow. Mm. I watched the movie for about five minutes before I began to understand what a single person was saying. Sure. <laughs> sure. I literally had to turn on the, the subtitles. The subtitles. Yeah. In fact, the DVD that I have... I didn't have to turn on the subtitles because it started and the subtitles were on. And I went, oh, uh, it's just a, a setting problem. I turned them off. And like a minute and a half later, I turned them back on again. I went, I don't know what any of these people are saying. And uh, in that movie, the same thing happened. Like right near the end of the movie, the military rolled in. Oh. And they <clears throat> they picked up all the garbage and threw it on all the military vehicles and, hmm. and took it away. Took it away to fight in a war. Oh yeah, fight for well, recruitment. You throw, throw your garbage at yo biological warfare. They, we've we've talked about that that they've thrown refuse and dung yeah. and stuff with catapults into dead, cities. Yeah, dead cows and whatnot. China, more oh. than seven million people crammed in. No, there. no, no, no. You keep that stuff. You put that in your cabinet and eat the good food off of it. You yeah, don't throw not, that away. That's not garbage. That's not garbage. That's good. Oh. It's going to appreciate. So in value. just skip I'm, this I'm section. Sorry. Obviously, this I'm is sorry. a big mistake on your part. But what about the country of the same name? Country in the east. Uh huh. The Far East? The Far East. Okay. Name to be determined at some later point. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh-huh. uh, unless you're in Japan, then it's kind of the Near East. Uh, I got it. What's the Chinese name for China? Uh, Canada. Get the good Canada out. Hold on, I can get it. Shangguo. Oh, you're talking about the country again. Shangguo. I thought you were still talking about going back to the plates. What? What's Chinese for China? Well. Yeah. China. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. It's right there. Oh. Shangguo. Okay. That's my guess. So yeah, it's kind okay. of guess. like kind of like China, but mm-hmm. in properly. Yeah. More than seven million people crammed into Hong Kong streets produce about fourteen thousand metric tons of solid waste a day. Uh-huh. It's like tossing an Empire State Building into the wastebasket every month. About a third of that is uneaten food. Wow. For it's crazy. No wonder they're so small. Beijing's twenty million plus people produce more than twenty five thousand tons of garbage a day, a number four thousand three hundred tons beyond what the city can process. So they they have a 4.3 ton garbage surplus per day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Are we talking metric ton? T-O-N-S. Uh, that's not metric. No. That's not metric. In 2004, China passed the United States as the world's largest solid waste producer, and by 2030 is expected to produce twice as much waste as their American counterparts. China has what the media calls trash mountains, like the 23,000 square meter pile in Hebei, in Hebei province. Local NGOs believe that the runoff of things like heavy metals and medical waste, mm-hmm. as we yeah. leachate, what villagers call trash soup. Oh, now, do not eat that. Now do not eat that if it's on special at your local <laughs> diner. Do not order the trash soup, even if it's very cheap. They contaminate the reservoir and the surrounding soil. The carcasses of pigs and chickens have attracted flocks of crows, which then destroy local crops as well. Mm. The villagers say that in the summer it attracts so many swarms of flies that they turn white walls black. Wow. To cope with growing trash concerns, the Chinese government undertook a massive effort to burn trash for energy 
constructing hundreds of incinerators to chip away at its trash mountains. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, lax regulations created countrywide inconsistencies in incinerator quality, mm-hmm. resulting in larger releases of harmful pollutants like dioxin and mercury into the atmosphere. Right. In some cases, China's incinerators have relied on large quantities of coal to burn off trash, pouring more pollutants into the atmosphere. Now, I'm going to admit I don't know much about China, but it's right. it always seems weird to me when you find out that they're like this communist kind of dictatorship, and mm-hmm. they're totally harsh on their people, and they have very strict, you work this way, and it works this way, and then you find out lax regulations. And I'm like, right. but don't you just go, no, listen, we can't pollute our people's republic. Don't they do that? I, I think I think it just comes down to an enforcement I guess. issue. Like uh, when you when you have a choice between uh, you know shooting and imprisoning uh, uh, peaceful protesters and regulating trash disposal, one is a much higher priority than the other. Which is weird to me. But I yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's I, not I, weird that one is the higher priority than the other. It's weird which one they've chosen yeah, yeah, as okay. the higher priority. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's the weird part. I would like somebody who's an expert on China to explain this to me. Like, uh-huh. well, how, why does this government not go? Oh yeah, this is a problem, and then go stop screwing up the country that we're in charge of? Because yeah. aren't aren't they telling everybody what to do anyway? I I'm confused. Shangguo. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. In Mexico. <laughs> Millions of tons of waste are buried in many of Mexico's dumps. Uh, they, they just find the places where they bury the headless corpses of their uh, drug cartel victims. That's, uh, and just and put garbage in there as well because there's so many of those. Shove it in their mouths. Yeah. This produces large quantities of landfill gas, a mixture of methane, carbon dioxide, and water vapor that produces a foul smell and contributes greatly to greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. Methane gas buildup over... 35 years in a garbage dump in the district of Chimalhuacan caused an immense explosion in 2010. The ground shook, uh-huh. cracked open in places. Oh, well. The shockwave destroyed 70 homes and wow. severely damaged hundreds more. What? Wow. Okay. Garbage that, methane explosion. Either that shockwave was effing massive or there were 70 homes that were way too close to a landfill. Yeah, that's probably also true. It's probably more like They were it. probably like on the land. Yeah, in the middle of it. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch. How are they related to Cabbage Patch Kids? I think you're thinking of Garbage Patch Kids. Oh, yes. Garbage, that's oh, Garbage Pail Kids. Garbage yeah. Pail Kids. Garbage Pail Kids. When a Garbage Pail Kid grows up and meets a Cabbage Patch Kid and they fall in love and have a baby, it becomes a Garbage Patch <laughs> Kid. Yes. Yes. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a collection of marine debris in the North Pacific Ocean. Uh-huh. Also known as the Pacific Trash Vortex. Oh, oh, that is somebody just trying to get headlines. The Pacific Trash Vortex. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. The garbage patch is actually two distinct collections of debris mm. bounded by the massive North Pacific subtropical gyre. Gyre? What's a gyre? An ocean gyre is a system of circular ocean currents formed by the Earth's wind patterns and the forces created by the rotation of the planet. All right. So it's kind of like a whirlpool. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah circular pattern of currents. Yeah. Okay. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a soupy collection of marine debris, mostly uh-huh. plastics. Yep. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is not the only marine trash vortex. It's just the biggest. Okay. The Atlantic and Indian Oceans both have trash vortexes. Even shipping routes in smaller bodies of water, such as the North Sea, are developing garbage patches. For many people, the idea of a garbage patch conjures up images of an island of trash floating on the ocean. All right. In reality, these patches are almost entirely made up of tiny bits of plastics called... Microplastics. Hmm. Oh. Which can't hmm. always be seen by the naked eye. Okay. Even satellite imagery doesn't show a giant patch of garbage. Oh. Mm-hmm. The microplastics. Mm, this is disappointing. <laughs> right? This is like a 
the, the garbage vortex is becoming a lot less appealing. You can't make a movie out of this. No. If you can't see it, if, if you can't Sharknado it, right, <laughs> what the hell's the point of having it? The microplastics of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch can simply make the water look like a cloudy soup. Okay. Mm-hmm. Soup is mix, intermixed with larger items such as fishing gear and shoes. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the ocean, the sun breaks down these plastics into tinier and tinier pieces, a process known as photodegradation. So this is like actually degradation. So this is a good thing, right? This is basically well, uh, the ocean reclaiming this garbage. Well, but the thing is, once it becomes those microplastic bits, it, like it's it's still this artificial chemical thing stuck in the ocean where it's not supposed to be. Scientists have collected. Right, but if you can't see it and you don't like, if <laughs> you who cares? Listen, well, okay. If you drive your giant tanker through the ocean, yeah, right. Oh yeah, and you hit this vortex. Does it stop your boat? No. Humans don't directly care. Humans don't care because it doesn't directly affect us, but the animals in there are, like, swimming around and, like, baleen whales are just opening their mouths up to, to sift the plankton through, and these yeah. little bits are going to get caught in there, so they're eating all this plastic. Yeah. No, but it's uh, it's like plankton, only plastic plankton. It's like uh, plast- plankton. Plankston. Plankston, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying it's their version of McDonald's food? No, I'm saying... <laughs> Yes. I'm saying that if they're smart, they will adapt like Darwin said they should and be able to eat plastic and survive off that now. that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing that there have been some uh, bacteria that have been growing to eat plastic in the, this gyre. Scientists have collected 750,000 bits of microplastic in a square kilometer of the patch. That's about mm. 2 million bits per square mile. Most of this debris comes from plastic bags, bottle caps, plastic water bottles, and styrofoam cups. Yep. No one knows how much debris makes up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. The seafloor beneath the Great Pacific Garbage Patch may also be an underwater trash heap. Right. Oceanographers and ecologists recently discovered that about 70% of marine debris actually sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Well, there you go. Now we really don't have to care about it. Because <laughs> there's nothing important down there. But hold on a second. I mean, isn't there some, like, we're, 75% of the Earth's surface is water, right? So, and it's, like, deeper than the Grand Canyon. Like, I mean, the, the ocean is the ultimate landfill, isn't it? Sea fill. Yeah, exactly. About, it's like uh, you don't have to worry about leachate in the ocean contaminating your <laughs> land. Dispersed to affect no one ever. Yeah, yep. exactly. About 80% of the debris in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch comes from land-based activities in North America and Asia. Uh-huh. Trash from the coast of North America takes about six years to reach the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, while trash from Japan and other Asian countries take about, takes about one year. Oh. Just in case this is somebody's first caustic soda, yeah, Torin is doing that on purpose. Debris. The remaining 20% of debris in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch comes from boaters, offshore oil rigs, and large cargo ships that dump or lose debris directly into the water. The majority of this debris, about 705,000 tons, is fishing nets. Fishing nets? You think people want to keep their fishing nets? Well, yeah. I don't think that they just go, I'll leave them here. They, there are, they there break are, free. They do make like cheap fishing nets that people just, oh, I'm not, it's not worth it. I oh, just really? buy another cheap fishing net. Oh, jeez. Right. Absolutely. More unusual items, such as computer monitors and Legos, hmm? come from dropped shipping containers. In 1992, rubber duckies floated in the Pacific Ocean in the Pacific when a ship lost tens of thousands of bathtub toys. <laughs> That's funny. So much for rubber ducky being the one. Yeah. It makes ten ocean thousand time so much fun. <laughs> rubber ducky, I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> marine debris can be very harmful to marine life in the gyre, Kevin. All right. For instance, loggerhead... T- Sea turtles often mistake plastic bags for jellies, their favorite food. Call back to the turtle episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Albatross. Albatross! Mistake plastic resin pellets for fish eggs and feed them to the chicks, which die of starvation or ruptured organs. 
Uh-huh. Seals and other marine mammals can get entangled in abandoned plastic fishing nets where they drown. This phenomenon is known as ghost fishing. Oh, I think it's ironic that fishing. something called seal, you know, would die from water intrusion. You think they'd be more uh, right, impervious, impervious, but they, sealed. Yeah, hermetic. They're not hermetic seals. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> They should, you know yeah, although I think I just thought of a new World Wildlife Federation of Justice character. <laughs> Hermetic Seal. Hermetic yeah. Seal. No, but again, this is where evolution comes in. Uh, they need to evolve into Hermetic Seals. Marine debris can also threaten algae and plankton communities in the North Pacific subtropical gyre. This results in less food being available for tuna and other apex predators. Eventually, Uh-oh. seafood becomes less available and more expensive for Kevin. Now it's threatening my tuna sashimi? Yes. Okay, now I'm getting serious. So if you want your sushi to remain affordable, reduce, reuse, and recycle? Yeah. I want to talk about Smoky Mountain in Manila. Is that where they invented the envelopes? No, that's the place that is surrounded by guys with carts selling sausages that they fry up and put on hot dog buns for you. Call them Smokies. Special thanks to my buddy Mike Looney. Crazy Mike Looney? (laughs) That's right. Uh Uh-huh. Smoky Mountain is the term coined for a large landfill located in Manila in the Philippines. Smoky Mountain operated for more than 40 years, consisting of over 2 million metric tons of waste. Locals call it Smoky Mountain because the air is constantly thick with smoke from the incineration. Okay. The scent is so strong, it's bearable for just a few moments at a time to outsiders. Okay. The flammable substances on decomposing waste led to numerous fires, which resulted in many deaths. Oh, wow. In 1994, President Fidel Ramos ordered the closure of the Manila dump known as Smoky Mountain as part of a city beautification campaign. Mm -hmm. It was all a matter of out of sight, out of mind. Many of the families who were displaced from Smoky Mountain ended up at the promised land, quote unquote, at Um, Payatas. That sounds good. A new life awaits you in the off-world colonies. (laughs) (laughs) So this promised land dump was uh, basically became the new Smoky Mountain. Okay. Smoky Mountain 2, the smokening. Smoky Mountain High. <laughs> the city's garbage has for many years been taken to the outlying suburb of Payatas, where it is dumped and openly incinerated. Originally planned as a landfill like, what site. Do mean, what do you mean by openly incinerated? Like they just throw it in a pit and light it on fire? Like so. You yeah. know, like uh, like Mel Gibson from Payback when he lights that car on fire and blows up those gangsters? Like they just kind of like, you know, have a cigarette and flick it in this fuel-infused uh, pile of garbage? I imagine that's exactly what's happening. And they walk away in slow-mo as it like goes up in flames behind yeah. them? Why wouldn't you? Originally planned as a landfill site, the garbage eventually filled the pit created for it and now rises over 30 meters in places. Wow, 30 meters, that is high. Smoky Mountain is home, workplace, and playground to about 80,000 people. So 80,000 people live in the landfill? Yeah. Don't they have any land left in the Philippines? Like, there must be some land that's better than this land. Well, they eke out a living by scavenging through the garbage and salvaging whatever can be sold as scrap or recyclable material. There's even a local group, the Scavengers Association, for the people who live there, part of the Philippines Homeless People's Federation. Okay. As you might expect, disease and infection are common, and respiratory infections, tuberculosis, pneumonia, and malnutrition, among mm-hmm. others, contribute to an average life expectancy of about 40 years. The infant mortality rate is 33%. Well, that's high. Yeah. Yeah, this does not sound like the kind of place you want to live. But it does have embedded recycling. It's all there. <laughs> right? It's yeah. Ha- yeah. So you can actually see Smoky Mountain on Google Earth. Oh, there you and go. There it is, a big pit, right, kind of uh, off to the side of the rest of the city. And in July 2000... An avalanche of mud and rubbish crashed down upon a group of more than 100 shacks and huts, uh-huh. which were home to about 800 families. Rescue workers recovered uh, over 200 bodies from the refuse. A hundred huts. 
that housed 800 families, not 800 people. 800 families, yeah. So there were eight families per hut. Sure. That's, that's tight quarters. Yeah. That this is, is what uh, happens when you live in a garbage dump. <laughs> yeah, I guess you find it's that one. It's not all Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> you, find, you find that one sweet spot, and you're like, well, I'm, I'm staying right here. I don't yeah. care how many people pile on top of me. Like, you would kind of think, like, well, we could live in a regular place, but it'd be totally cramped and expensive and crappy. Mm. But if I live in this garbage dump, I've got all this land to myself. But no, it's not that. You're mm. still eight families per hut. Mm. Also, land should be in quotation marks. <laughs> Yeah. The actual death toll will never be known, first because officials have no idea how many people were living alongside the dump and do not care how many have lost their lives. Local residents say that up to 500 were buried under the rubbish, while local officials put the number at just 140, hmm. which is less than the number of bodies that were recovered. Uh, what, is, what kind what? of – like uh, people get killed in avalanches all the time, right? What kind of avalanche would be the worst kind of avalanche to get killed by? Like snow has got to be the best, right? Because it's so warm. Well, no, but I mean, you a pillow you, avalanche would be the best. But what are the odds of getting killed by that? Mm. Pretty slim. Well, if it was big enough, you would not you be able suffocated. to get out, and you just suffocate and die. But in pillows, ah. Now I'm not. Oh pillow. yeah, it's like it's like fighting Clayface. You stick your hand in, it and yeah. you can't get it out. Yeah. All right. Pillow avalanche. Because I'm thinking garbage avalanche might be amongst the worst. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like medical uh, waste. Yeah. <laughs> I was just hypodermic <laughs> needles and whatnot. I was gonna say medical waste avalanche. Yeah. It's like, like it's or, like or in Robocop avalanche. when that guy gets in the tip with the toxic waste. Yeah. Like you get avalanche and then you just come out as a skeleton. Yeah, it's worse than a baby diaper avalanche for sure because you you've got metal pipes and whatnot. Like it, it's it, got everything. Yeah. yeah it's I, a potpourri of horrors. So is there anything that would be worse than a garbage avalanche? The only things that I'm gonna have to give trigger warnings for. Nah. Well, the best has got to be a kitten avalanche. Kittens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all pokey, and I'm allergic. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's how Joe goes. Mildly, but an avalanche <laughs> that would be bad. Only about one fifth of the 150 foot mountain of garbage has been dug through in search of bodies. The rescue work was hampered by the overwhelming stench of rotting rubbish and burnt flesh, uh-huh. and a lack of adequate equipment. Yeah. All rescuers and volunteers had to use were shovels, picks, and spades. Many relatives and survivors used their bare hands. Only two backhoes remained available. Desperate relatives continued to search through the rubble, hoping to find their loved ones alive. One woman, Conchita Ramos, broke down and cried. They have found my daughter's body, and it was badly burned. They also found the body of her daughter, but its head was gone. Ah. Not a good time in the dump. That's unfortunate. But you can get a tour. What? Who wants a tour? Go to SmokyTours.com. Smokey with an E in it. Some people are thinking they're getting a tour of, like, a cigar factory or something. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, highlights include... Pack- or low lights. <laughs> <laughs> Observing and understanding the leftovers that are considered sumptuous to the residents living in the area. So you can eat, you can eat some garbage, maybe. But, uh... Residential areas. You can wander through the area and visit someone's house. See, this is kind of like when I, was in, house? when I was in Rio de Janeiro, they had bus tours where you could get on a bus and drive through a favela, like the world's largest slum on the other side of right. the Sugarloaf Sugar Mountain. And uh, I did not think that was very cool, like a bunch of uh, wealthy travelers from right. around the world yes. driving through yeah. the most depressing slum that exists. Yeah, I read somewhere that 
the money goes to the people in the slums on some website, but on this yeah. actual website for Smoky Tours, it does not say that. Mm. Right. Yeah. So they, in I'm Brazil, not sure. In Brazil, they said the same thing, but uh, everyone pretty much agrees that the drug dealers run the slums. Right. So maybe, probably, most likely, the money just goes to the drug dealers mm. and not to anybody in particular who could probably use that money. But the good news is there are basic Western toilets available. Yeah, it's called your house because it's on a pile of garbage and you just poop into a giant pile of baby diapers. They also have a cockfighting tour. And there's a no camera policy. Sorry, at, guys. At the, the cockfighting tour well, or the, or the garbage tour. The tours, yeah. They advise that you wear closed shoes for the tour. And they also provide rain boots and face masks. How about you just don't take the tour at all? It does say that Smoky Tours is a project of World Experience Philippines Incorporated, a duly registered NGO in the Philippines. The goal of World Experience Philippines is to share skills, experiences, and knowledge. We do so by educating people from the slums to become professional tour leaders. Okay, so people who live in this garbage dump can aspire to bring uh, tourists tourism, tourism. Uh, back to the garbage dump. Garbage tourism. Yeah. Come and see the garbage in our town. I, why is the, why would the garbage in the Philippines be better than the garbage here that I have no interest in seeing? Well, it's all out in the open and like ours. All right, it's true. It's just really appreciated. Yeah, yeah, it's there for the viewing. We don't hide it away. Yeah, they put it on display. Yeah. It's, it's all that scientifically modified garbage here in there. It's nice, natural, organic garbage. Someone should make like a museum. I was about to say, how long before this becomes a garbage museum? I would go to that museum, actually. What? Why not? No, it's just all as it is. As long as they didn't have to wear closed shoes. All it is as as... is just a gate that says garbage museum, and then you just walk right into the no, landfill. It's, it's, it's just the dump. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, they, that was they the call worst it, $5 I ever spent. They call it Interactive Garbage Museum, and you go in there, and you just root through the garbage and look for something that you like. It's don't, like for, don't forget to visit our gift shop. Yeah, it's, it's like panning for gold. You have gold. to pay for, to take some garbage out. Yeah. It's like panning for gold in Parkerville. There was a garbage museum in Stratford, Connecticut until 2014 due to lack of funds. No. Oh, see? Uh, I Just thought for it. one move second it. I was hoping so hard that you were going to say due to a uh, methane explosion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the junk man to call around today. Got some pictures of you, a memory or two, gonna throw all that trash away. I'm waiting for the junk man, he can't come soon enough. Got a plenty old shoes, a lots of old blues, gonna get rid of all that stuff. Gonna wrap all your lies in a bundle. Gonna set him by the side of the road That the old chance gonna grumble When he sees such a great big load Believe me when I tell you I wouldn't tell you wrong You better change your ways It never pays To be too smart, my friend Cause the junk man Will get you in the end
got some pictures of you, a memory or two. Gonna throw all that trash away. I'm waiting for the junk man. He can't come soon enough. Got a plenty old shoes, a lots of old blues. Gonna get rid of all that stuff. Gonna wrap all your lies in a bundle. Gonna set him by the side of the road. Said the old gent's gonna grumble when he sees such a great big load. Believe me when I tell you, I wouldn't tell you wrong. You better change your ways. It never pays to be too smart, my friend. Cause the junk man will get you in the end. Public service announcement! Hazardous waste. Old refrigerators, electric... <laughs> Dwight, that was an odd sound effect to choose. Nah, whatever. <laughs> I was going to go with like, whack, 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 oh. whack. Hazardous. Yeah. Old refrigerators, electronics such as computers and mobile phones, and unused paint are unsafe to throw away because yes. they create hazardous chemicals that can get into our drinking water mm-hmm. if they're put into a landfill. Mm-hmm. Leachate. For this reason, landfills and fire departments often collect these types of garbage, and they are sent to special places where they're dismantled. The parts are then mm-hmm. safely recycled or disposed of. Mm-hmm. Paint can be remixed and sold to charities, or the chemicals can be reused in other ways. Did you guys know that you can take your stuff to the fire department? I didn't know that. Humans, turn in your hazardous waste when you find it in your homes or garage. Insecticide, yes. cleaning products, weed killer, medications, appliances, some types of light bulbs, mm. and anything mm. that is questionable should be taken to the proper agencies for disposable. They will make sure that it gets taken care of the correct and proper way. I do just throw out my light bulbs. I have to admit that. That I just take light, old light bulbs and I just yeah, throw them in the garbage. I didn't know that was the, a, not a good thing to do. It I says some types. I think it's mostly the new uh, compact fluorescents because some of the, especially that some of them I think throw have, that you shouldn't. Uh, oh. Because they've, they've got mercury and stuff and there's also some electronics in there that's probably not good to just have in the dump. So where, what, how do I find out what to do with uh, all these things? Just go to Google. Type in your city name and hazardous waste disposal, and you'll find out how to do this stuff. Sweet. Great. I've heard of Google. It's like a, it's like a really big number. It is. Mm-hmm. In the news. <laughs> 2015, yeah. Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. Six decades after the first conquest of the world's highest peak, tons of rubbish and human waste abandoned by hundreds of Mount Everest climbers is starting to raise a stink. Really? <sighs> Kevin said really? <laughs> No, no, I just don't believe it's true. I mean, uh, like, everything's got to be, like, frozen, like in the fridge up there. Nepal is cracking down on the mountaineers who seek to emulate the 1953 feat of Sir Edmund Hillary Mm -hmm. and Sherpa Tanzing Norgay in the process, giving the 8,850-meter peak the dubious honor of being the world's highest garbage dump. Yay, congratulations. (laughs) About 300 mountaineers and as many Sherpa guides battle the elements on Everest ever icy slopes during the annual climbing season Mm -hmm. but in the absence of toilets climbers must squat in the open or hunker down behind rocks to do their business yeah now nepal has threatened stricter enforcement of penalties to persuade climbers to clean up after themselves and carry litter back to base camp a 2014 rule for garbage for a garbage deposit of four thousand dollars to be forfeited 
by any expedition from which a climber fails to bring back eight kilograms, that's over 17 pounds of trash and human waste, right. will be strictly enforced. That's, I think that's a pretty good idea. So, deposit, you get it back. Yeah. So if you don't bring back 17 pounds of garbage off the mountain with you. Or if you die. You, they keep your $4,000. Yeah, that's Or if that you too. die. <laughs> Which, again, is fine because you left your fucking body up there. So if somebody drags your body down, they can, like, get somebody else's $4,000 That's right. I was, I want, oh, maybe, hey, yeah. I brought him back and yeah. here's all the weight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, this is, a, this is a new industry for Nepal, cleaning up the mountain. Doesn't it just snow up there and, like, cover up all the dookie? Well, human excrement is a bigger problem than the oxygen bottle's torn tents, broken ladders, and cans or wrappers teams left behind. Yeah. Discarded in ice pits, the discarded in ice pits, the human waste remains under the snow. Uh-huh. When washed down by glaciers, when the snow melts, it comes out in the open. Human waste, piling up over decades, gave give off an unpleasant odor. Uh-huh. As you might imagine. Yeah, just to get a, send somebody out there with a pooper scooper. And posed a health hazard to people dependent on water from rivers fed by the region's melting glaciers. Okay, all right, uh, okay, that's legit. Right? All right, I'll hey, give hey don't poop up at the top of our water supply. Right. Okay, Please. Something, Please. Something but, I mean, everyone talks about how dangerous it is at the top and how every ounce makes a difference and all the rest of that stuff. I mean, aren't they risking uh, more people dying because they're, like, scrounging around for that last pound so they can get their last pound of garbage, so they can get their 4000 bucks back the solution is to stop climbing the mountain yeah but they don't want that we have we have technology take a helicopter ride up do they yeah. offer those because i would do that oh just go in the lift yeah. is, is there oh, yeah. a lift they should, build, build a lift out of the poop yeah i'll tell you right now the all the people that service the people that try and climb everest don't want people to stop trying to climb everest yeah, probably because then they'll become poop farmers or something Eco Everest cleanup expeditions led each year since 2008 have retrieved 15,000 kilograms, that's 33,000 pounds, of trash, but there are no estimates on garbage left behind. Mm-hmm. Some 4,000 climbers have scaled Mount Everest so far. In 2012, Nepali artists sculpted into works of art 1.5 metric tons of trash taken from Mount Everest as part of an awareness campaign to keep the summit pristine. Okay. Hmm. Imagine that if you're just like about to summit <clears throat> and you like twist your ankle on some garbage and you oh, can't make man. it. Oh, man. Who left this candy wrapper here? Oh, you slip on a banana peel. Pop culture. What do we want to talk about first? Wally? Well, we, we talked about right Wally. That? What episode was it? Oh, Ecoside? Probably. And mostly the, the Ecoside's right at the very beginning and then he goes off into space and True. Yeah. Goes, meets up with lazy people. And of course, Wally stands for Waste Allocation Load Lifter Earth Class. Mm-hmm. Little piece of IMDb trivia. Uh-huh. All right. The concept artist studied Images of Chernobyl, Ukraine, and the city of Sofia, Bulgaria, for ideas for the ruined world, that being Earth, oh, crash world, okay. crash so planet. The Eastern Bloc was the inspiration. Our director, Anthony Kristoff, is from Bulgaria and knew only too well the problems his capital had in storing its garbage. Got it. Hmm. So, another movie with a trash planet mm-hmm. is 1998's Soldier with Kurt Russell. Okay. Has anyone besides me seen this movie? Directed... I saw part of it like, oh, okay. way back in the day. Directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kurt Russell and Gary Busey. I, I vaguely remember it just looking cheesy from the trailers. Oh, yeah. Like, it's that's super, all it's I remember. super cheesy. Yeah. Sergeant Todd, 3465. That's Kurt Russell. But didn't I? I think I read, too, that this is set in the same universe as yes, Blade Runner. It's a sidequel. Yeah. 
Set in the same universe, they have like some of the same vehicles. Terminology. Mm. Yeah. That's the only thing that got me interested about it. And then, yeah, like I, I think I'm like Joe, I saw like a clip or like an extended thing or like a featurette or something. I went, oh, God, that does not look good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Sergeant Todd 3465 is a programmed mm-hmm. soldier whose unit is replaced by a new group of superior genetically engineered soldiers. Mm-hmm. So he is deposited. He's obsolete. He, yeah. He's disposed of on a garbage planet. Where there's already a shipwrecked colony of scavengers. So this is basically the sci-fi version of these people's lives in the Philippines. Yes. On Smoky Mountain. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're not on Smoky Mountain. They're on Smoky Planet. Yes. That's Got exactly it. right. Mm-hmm. And it is terrible? Oh, terrible. Is it? We went all, <clears throat> all the way to terrible. Sure, I would say that. It's at 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Entertaining-ish to watch. Ish, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they're on a garbage planet. Is Does the garbage play a primary role in the plot or is it just the, is that just the setting that's mainly the setting and his mission is to get off the planet is there ever a macgyver scene when they take all the garbage and build some kind of amazing vehicle out of to fight bad guys well they i'm sure they must like reclaim a you know to make to try and get the because there's just like tanks and shit down there oh okay right. so there's, right. like, there's military refuse yeah. as well yeah. okay yeah all right okay but mostly it's just about Kurt Russell, who's been basically a robot okay. emotionally his mm-hmm. entire life. And now he's in this community with people and he's learning to love and laugh but, and But wait, kill. Isn't, isn't he deposited there with like every other uh, robot that is of his model? Like, no, actually. Like dozens was just, of them? All of his group didn't get sent down there. It was just him. Why? Because it's a complicated and stupid reason. Okay. Complicated and <laughs> would, stupid. It would have cost too much. They to... should have put that on the poster. Complicated, complicated and stupid. stupid. Uh, I watched a documentary called Garbage Dreams uh, it's from 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, follows these three teenage boys growing up in uh, Cairo, Egypt's garbage village. Okay. They come from a group of people called the Zabaline. Zabaline. Uh, who have for the past 70 years uh, been going door to door collecting the, the trash in Cairo okay. uh, for a small fee. So right. they didn't mm-hmm. charge very much. And then they would so cart it's like home the original, on their... the original 1-800-GOT-JUNK? Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. And they would they would go around collecting it on these like donkey pulled carts. Wow, one eight hundred got donkey. And then bring it back to the <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then bring it back to kind of their area of the, uh, like just outside town, which would become this like little minor t- trash city because yeah. this is what all of them do. Right. right, like this entire community of people does pretty much nothing but take in trash and recycle it. Right. Uh, unlike uh, modern recycling or modern trash companies, these people are, are so good at it. They recycle 80% of the stuff they bring in. Mm. Okay. Uh, they, they've got stuff where they're showing them cutting uh, pop, pop cans up so that they can rip them apart and recycle them properly. Right. They take, they separate like even like the yo- the plastic yogurt cups. Right. And then they shred them down into stuff and uh, into just shredded plastic, which they then sell back to China or other com- countries like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had this all going. And then in recent years, just as this documentary started, uh, Cairo decided we don't like having these old fashioned donkey pulled carts and, and like old age stuff going through the city. So we're going to hire some uh, foreign companies to come in and take right. care of the trash, which is now just changing this entire community because it's and probably making the recycle rate much less than 80 the companies recycle about 20 percent the zabaline recycle 80 percent yeah but it's like in new york city when you take a horse-drawn cart like around uh central park it's quaint when you Mm -hmm. have a donkey cart full of garbage (laughs) it's going through downtown cairo kind of disgusting they're worlds apart in the cart 
and uh, carriage industry. Yeah. They also, uh, they would even uh, recycle the organic waste by just feeding it to their pigs, which we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier uh, yep. people would do. Uh, in 2009, because of the swine float break in Mexico, the government officials ordered the immediate slaughter of all the pigs in Egypt. And so these people who were using their pigs to get rid of organic waste, they all got killed. Is that like a saying, you know, all the tea in China or all the pigs in Egypt? Is that, mm-hmm. if, if that is, a, if it's not a saying yet, what should it be? Like, don't throw the swines out with the bathwater. Got yeah. it. That's got the it. One. Right, right. So this is a fascinating little documentary. It was really interesting to follow these people in a completely different culture than I'm used to. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know much about Egyptian culture. And then this is a subculture of that mm-hmm. that, like, lives on the outskirts of it and deals with their trash and stuff. And it was interesting to see how they had done it, the changes that are coming. They followed them for a couple of years and then came back two years later to see how they were doing. Oh. I mean, do they start out the follow-up with, oh, you smell a lot better? Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's several scenes of them actually like rubbing some, uh, they have like this bottle of roll-on oil or something. I'm not sure right. what it was that they would put on to like make themselves smell good whenever they would go out. So Make oh. them eh, better like so much to mask garbaggio. Well, I think if, you're, if your entire community has 70 years of experience in dealing with trash, I think you're probably pretty good at keeping the smell down better than most people. Listen, I worked at KFC when I was in high school, and there's, there's nothing you could do to all completely the, eliminate all the, the oil rubbing in the, the world. Oil. Yeah, could not get rid of the smell of all the oil that you were covered in just from the airborne mm-hmm. deep fryers. Fried chicken smell. Mm-hmm. I have a mini pop quiz. Oh, wow. This right is in the middle of our pop quiz. Oh, okay. Okay. Dianoga were large cephalopods capable of growing up to 10 meters in length. Though most specimens grew to approximately five or six meters. They had a single eye stalk protruding from their mollusk-like bodies mm-hmm. and seven suckered tentacles surrounding a, flan- a fanged maw containing a sharp serrated probe. What movie is this from? Uh, Tremors? No. Nope. Say the name again? Dune? Dianoga or Dianaga. Okay, so this is a fictional thing. Yes. Uh, Beetlejuice? Uh, what did you say? Beetlejuice? Because, oh, no, that was the worm. No, that was the no, sandworm, no, but that's, no, a good, no. that's a good call. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. Star Wars A New Hope. Oh, is that the name of the... Okay, that's Star a trash, compactor, trash compactor I did oh, not know okay, that was the name monster, of it. right? right. Mm-hmm. How did that get in there? I, I guess know. they put it in there on purpose. They must have, right? It, it must Because it's probably... Maybe it's like... It's their piggery. Right? I, they're in there consuming <laughs> or, garbage. Yeah, maybe. Or are they like really cute and small uh, when they're babies and you have one as a pet and then you flush it? <laughs> yeah, you flush yeah. it down the toilet. Yeah. Precisely. And then, or it's like some kind of horrible parasite, mm-hmm. like a space parasite. Oh, yeah. When you poop it. Then you poop it out. Yeah, yeah. you poop and it And then out. as a that, little worm or something. That makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> That like, would be the worst. You know, when it's person. young, it's like semi-transparent and yeah. mm-hmm. kind of cute. Okay, I'm all right, George. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him that one. I'm gonna say plausible. Mini question, mini pop quiz question number two. All right. What color was Oscar the Grouch in the first season of Sesame Street? Fuchsia. I'm gonna say he was gray because that's the color the Hulk was, who then turned green. <laughs> nice, right. nice. I like it. No, he was orange. Oh, it was orange. I was closer with fuchsia. I guess so. Why would your garbage monster be orange? That's a because because your because your leachate is black, orange, or yellow. <laughs> there you go. He's infused with leachate. Wow! Who knew? <laughs> who knew that Jim Henson was so right? So uh, up and up to speed on. He didn't like science colors. when it came to medicine. Yeah, but he sure did when it came to making puppets. <laughs> That's right. Oh God! <laughs> and you guys know that uh, Oscar's trash can is basically like a TARDIS, right? It's bigger on the inside than it is oh, on yeah. the outside. Well, I, yeah. I thought it was just basically the opening to a hole that went oh, down like the ground. Oh, like there's like a giant 
No. He's got like a swimming pool and a bowling alley well, and stuff down there. I seem oh, okay. to remember them like, you know, taking his garbage can elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? that's true. Yeah. So yeah. It's that's not just a hole into no. the sewer. But, but when they take it elsewhere, can he still go in? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he I, like pops oh, yeah. out of it. Yep. No, but, but I mean down into his house. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's it's like a TARDIS. Gen- okay, Oscar the Grouch is a Time Lord. Or the genie in the bottle. It could be a totally screwed up regeneration of the master. Uh-huh. Right? Instead of being evil, he's just grouchy. Okay, I don't know. Either. Well, apparently this was revealed in the film The Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland. Got oh. That it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. So he's in a, like a dimensional... <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you knew, oh, I knew man. that because he would... Remember, they would ask him something and he would like go down and you're yeah. like, clang, pling, yes. clang, plung, pling, and you come up with something. And remember when, he, like, when he'd go down into it, he'd go around the spiral like he's walking <laughs> yes. down a spiral staircase. <laughs> My Oscar the Roach Doctor Who crossover fan fiction is coming. <laughs> oh, really? Maybe he is a Time Lord. I, yeah, I think I he think is. I think Oscar the Grouch is, uh, a, is there... like the 13th generation or whatever. Oscar the Grouch Doctor Who slash fiction. Mm. So some of our fans out there get to work. What's Doctor Who's catchphrase? Uh, well, they kind of have different ones. You know, Would you like a jelly baby? Fantastic. Um, it's, oh, okay. Each, each regeneration we gets suck. it. Because Oscars is obviously I love trash. Right. I love trash. Oh, I love so it I'm trying to, trying to merge trash. merge a Time Lord. That's of his nickname. Doctor Who. For, that's his nickname for his Doctor Who lover. Well, the sound of the TARDIS oh. does. Trash. It's an S and M thing. <laughs> trash is the name of his TARDIS. <laughs> no. It's Ooh, the what name. does it stand for? Time, relative, and sloppy home. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new, and we'll have more gross facts for you, and you'll have things you want to hear about. We. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while eating a donut filled with rusty nails. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes, visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Louise. Thanks for listening. In the history. You got it all backwards there.